What is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Five Star Jobbers Podcast. I'm Cody. And I am Brock Lesnar's tattoo designer. I don't know if you should be praised for that or if you should kind of be, you know, take, have your tattoo license taken away or whatever it is. The bigger the phallus, the better your chest looks. <laughs> Agree to disagree. But we've got another episode you would, for you guys. You? Yeah, I would. That's sad. I know. But. We've got another episode lined up for you guys today, so thank you all for listening and catching up on our episodes. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We're just two ordinary guys that have a passion for professional wrestling and love to give you reviews on things from a fan's perspective, and you may take it for what it's worth, or you may not, but all the same, you're listening to us anyway, so you must have liked something that we've got going on. I don't know about you, but my mommy always told me I was special. Exactly. But... Once again, thank you to all of our listeners that have been subscribing to us and downloading all of our episodes. Also, thank you to our international audience because, as I've said before, we are worldwide. And we've actually got two new countries that have downloaded our podcast as of late. I think Sweden and Nigeria are the two newest ones. Belgium's still holding strong at the top of the most downloads. So, I don't know, maybe I'll, at some point, set the tagline, keep it five stars in different languages at some point. But, I, I don't know, we'll see. Just, Sounds like Omas forgave me for all those uh, you know hard reviews I gave on him. Maybe so. <laughs> but a lot is going on this week, and a lot has happened this week as of late, with SummerSlam right around the corner and All In, with not a lot of people talking about All In, though. But we're also going to give our predictions for SummerSlam coming up. But well, All In you know, still has until what? August, uh, late August or early September, isn't it? Some, yeah, I think it's... Late August, or, yeah, so, I mean, or they, maybe they, September. As of today, they still have more than a month. Right. So, I, mean, so, I mean, there's still time to build matches and to like get, get on top of the bandwagon at some point. But well, I think they're also not announcing because it's still probably very much, you know, a a formed. It, it's in formation because they want to put on the best card for this event, but they're having probably a little bit of the the injury bug going around. You know, Daniel Bryan's still injured. You know, that's why he wasn't in blood and guts. Right. Um, you've got a couple other people who, you know, have not been on because they've been nursing some injuries. So, you know, like SummerSlam is going to be interesting because uh, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, you know, Owens has got a minor rib injury right now, and that's why he hasn't really been wrestling for the past couple weeks. Right. So hopefully I mean, WWE's had the injury bug as well. I mean, with oh, yeah. Kevin Owens and Rey Mysterio. And it's just been going around lately. It's, it's just crazy. I mean, I hope that... Both can recover from it and put on spectacular shows, and I'm sure they will. They'll find some way to work their magic and be able to give somebody the push or create a new storyline, hopefully create new storylines that we can all get invested in. But I well, definitely say sure. both AEW and WWE have done a really good job of at least having one or two really good, captivating storylines. You know, a couple little secondary storylines that, you know, you can kind of sink your teeth into. But, you know, both companies, it's it's been great. Both companies have really captivating top-level storylines um, that should lead to some pretty great main events when they come to full fruition. Right. But like I said, guys, we're going to try and get into some re- uh, reviews at some point later in the show. But right now... We want to give our predictions for SummerSlam, which is going to be this Saturday. If you're listening to it now, we're going to be posting this on Monday or maybe the next day, depending on what time I put this out for everybody. But SummerSlam is this Saturday, 8, cent, uh, 8 p.m., 7 central, I believe. It'll be on Peacock for those of you that want to watch it. But we're going to get into some reviews and just go over our, each of the matches and kind of give our thoughts and what we think is going to happen, what we'd like to see happen. And also, if you have predictions of what you think is going to happen, 
Hit us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, soon to be on TikTok, and soon to be on YouTube in the coming days. Keep We'll keep you updated on that. And a lot of things are coming your way, guys. So don't miss out on this content that we've got coming towards you. Yep. And uh, I think for, for this upcoming SummerSlam, we've kind of done it, you know, after the fact. But I want to talk about it now. Okay. Um, you know, we're going to keep record of, you know, if we have different enough predictions... We're going to keep record of who was right and who was wrong. And then maybe uh, whoever wins, um, you know, has to bow down to the other's, uh, you know, greatness and superlative picking ability. Oh, and okay. uh, I don't know, maybe some other tomfoolery that may be funny that we can make a video of and you guys can watch on TikTok and see, you know, what it looks like when somebody has to, uh, you know, eat crow and just enjoy the taste of it at some point but delicious i'm i'm pretty confident in my predictions for SummerSlam, you, so i think that i won't be doing any bowing come saturday as as you so think but so we but, shall see yeah we shall see but anyway let's get into some predictions let's do it all right so you want to start from the top down or the bottom up let's start from the top and work our way down to the main events oh so, okay. what I have first, I believe it's going to be the Battle Royal, the SummerSlam Battle Royal presented by Slim Jim, but... Oh, yeah! Stop it to a Slim Jim! <laughs> I, I really wish that they would do a commercial like that or do something along those lines, because... My guess is there's if, a royalty issue involved with it. I mean, just like, I, I'm not really sure who owns his estate or anything at this point, because both him and Lanny are gone. Yeah, So um, It would be nice, but I could dream, can I? You can, but it's my job to be here to squash those dreams on a regular basis. Uh, agreed. But the Battle Royal for SummerSlam, probably going to be the very first match that comes out the gate, but we'll see. But I'm already going to go ahead and put out my prediction for who's going to win this, only because he's one of the two that's already been announced. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me talk to you. Yeah. I'm going with LA Knight, 100%. I'd love to see LA Knight win this. Um, for some reason, I don't see him winning it, though. Um, you know, everything that I'm seeing in the dirt sheets, you know, taking them for what they are, but everything I'm seeing in the dirt sheets is that his, that his push is really going to come after this, uh, after this, this, you know, SummerSlam and probably, uh, hopefully, you know, really start to see him ramp up and get his character over uh, more than it is. By some, you know, by Survivor Series, and then hopefully he'll be involved in the road to WrestleMania. That's that's, you know, typically how things work with the SummerSlam. Is they build up to SummerSlam, and then after SummerSlam, everything is built up to WrestleMania. So, um, you know, Royal Rumble like this. I mean, I'd like I said, I'd love to see him win it. I just really don't see, I don't, I don't really see the value of him winning it. Um, I, I, I'd like to see him more in like a, an involved program with Austin Theory for the United States title. And that's going to happen. Uh, you know, we also know that Sheamus is going to be in the Royal Rumble. And Sheamus seems to be, you know, he's like a bigger, more brute type guy. More likely a, a you know, a battle royal winner. So, uh, not that I'm going to pick Sheamus. We don't really know who all is going to be in it. But if I, between LA Knight and, and Sheamus, I would probably actually pick Sheamus over LA Knight. But, like I said, I would love to see LA Knight win this. I just... I don't think he's going to start really picking up wins and getting good stories until after SummerSlam. Okay, fair enough. But see, I think with his rise and how popular and over he is with the fans, I feel like this is his moment to get a big push and soar to new heights at this level. Just because I think the whole 
tournament for the United States Championship. I think, and we'll get, we'll get into that in the reviews here later on, but I think the ending to this was absolutely pointless. But given the circumstances and given what happened during the match, it's understandable why things happened the way they did. Yeah. But I see LA Knight eventually taking the title off of Austin Theory, whether that be after his match with Santo Escobar in a couple weeks or whenever it may be. I see him being the champion sooner than we think. I'd like to see it. I would love to see, I'd love to see it before the next pay-per-view event or at the next pay-per-view event, but I think this is the time for LA Knight to really shine in this battle royal. Just given his past or given his push and him being over with the crowds right now. Yeah, uh, and like I said, I, I I don't think that you're you know necessarily off on that one. I just for booking's sake, you know, for him to run a, a random battle royal with no stakes and no, you know, if 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 winning the battle royal meant something, you know, there was an actual award or it you know would lead to a you know some kind of a title shot, then I would say yeah, this is a great way to kick a push. But truthfully, you know, the battle royal. It has no stakes. It's it's just a buy-in battle royal. Uh, I think they put him on it simply because he's gotten so over that they couldn't justify not putting him on the card somewhere, and so this is just a throw-on. So well, see, and I think with that, like the crowd's going to be pulling for him to win throughout the entire thing, and I feel like if he doesn't win, that crowd will riot. Well, we shall just, see. Just in my opinion, but yeah, I'm going LA Knight with this. Then we get into Logan Paul versus Ricochet. This one, I've kind of been on the fence about because I'm, I'm not too sure where they go from if either individual wins this match. I, I don't know where you fall on this, but I just kind of want to get your thoughts before I give my prediction on it. So this is one of those unfortunate situations where I want Ricochet to win, but I think this is where Logan Paul's going to get his first major pay-per-view victory. Because, um, I mean, if you actually look at it, you know, Logan Paul's been on quite a few major pay-per-views and has been, you know, a top performer, um, you know, in those pay-per-views. You know, he had a you know, match with Seth Rollins. He's had a match with Roman Reigns. He's, you know, he's been in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, he's been in the Royal Rumble. He hasn't won anything. Right. Um, so let's see. And my thing with that is, I mean, he's not one of these guys that's going to be there every single week doing what he's been doing at these pay-per-view events. No. And he's pretty it, much a nostalgia. If act. I had, if I had a hundred percent confidence that triple H had the main hand in the book, I would actually put Ricochet over. But I think that anything that involves a high level celebrity talent, is always going to have Vince's attention and Vince's hands over it. And, you know, for that very reason, I think Vince is going to want to put the celebrity over to, you know, give him some credibility and be able to use him as they move forward this year and move on to the road to WrestleMania. So let's see with that, like, where do you go from there? Because, I mean, if you give Logan Paul the victory, what does he do from there? Because he's already lost an opportunity against Roman Reigns. He's already lost an opportunity with the money in the bank. I mean, his win-loss record doesn't really give him enough credibility to be able to vie for a major championship. I mean, for something like the Intercontinental Championship, maybe, or even the United States Championship. But I just don't see where they go from after that if giving Logan Paul the, the W in this one is what they're going for. I mean, yeah, he. I'm not knocking his athletic ability or not knocking his skills in the ring because 
in the short time that he's been in WWE, he's had some incredible moments in the ring. But I just don't see where they go from after that. Whereas on Ricochet's side, he's the babyface in this, and Logan Paul is probably your most one of your most hated guys just because mm-hmm. of who Lo- who he is yeah, and how yeah. he acts. So that's why I feel like I'm going to go with Ricochet in yeah. this one, just because I think the best outcome for this is to have Ricochet win this match, just because if you make him lose. You've completely buried him to where nobody believes that he can do anything or that he has any credibility as a I don't necessarily think they're going to bury him. Um, And like you said earlier, I don't necessarily know if this is going to be a clean finish. Um, I think in in my head what I see as a possibility is Logan either winning dirty by himself or his brother coming out and getting involved. Now, I think... Maybe the the brother coming out is not possible because right. actually yeah, he has to leave early from SummerSlam, so it's possibly going to be the first match of the night, you know, on the main, you know, after the, you know, the the battle royal match. But right. it'll be one of the earliest matches because he wants to be at his brother's fight. So no, strike that. Um, the brother's not going to come out because the brother's got a boxing match that night. But I just I don't know. I I see there being a schmoz finish. Um, you know, some something dirty, underhanded, giving the opportunity for another match between the two of them, because I think that the two of them have uh, the potential to do a really good series together. So I I don't see this as a one and done because just like you said, whether he wins or loses after this match, what do you do with Logan Paul? I mean, he could probably be in another match where he's going up against somebody just to build them up, or. Maybe he goes up against Seth Rollins, or maybe they put him up against Gunther, or whoever it may be. But they'll put him up against somebody to where it's going to be like a marquee match. <laughs> I don't know that he would do well in a match with someone like Gunther. Oh, I would. Uh, I would pay an arm oh, and leg would, to watch you... Gunther chop the absolute dog mess out of well, him. Well, and I, I don't think Logan is a dumb enough guy that he's going to put himself in that situation. I mean, he put himself in the Money in the Bank ladder match. I mean, yeah, but he put himself in the Money in the Bank ladder match where he knew it was going to be highly produced and the spots were all going to be sorted out. So you know you know your spots, you know what's going to hurt and what's going to not, you know, what's going to look painful but not be painful. Now you go into a match with someone like Gunter, everything's painful. Oh yeah, 100%. Like every move, he's a he's a brute. He's a, you know, very tight, keeps everything very tight, very real. That's not gonna. That's not something that a, a part timer like Logan Paul. That's one. He'd be an idiot to take that match, and two, the WWE would be stupid to put him in that match. Agree. Yeah. Because I it agree. does nothing for Gunter. It makes him look absolutely. You know, he's gonna get the crap beat out of him. Probably never want to work in the WWE again. And I say it doesn't. It doesn't do anything for anybody. It sounds like you're speaking my my dream come true. <laughs> you, your Schadenfreude is getting in the way of good business. <laughs> But anyway, Schadenfreude. That is uh, for those uh, that don't know that word. It is when you get physical, personal joy out of the misery of others. Well, let me ask you this: How much joy did you get from when Rey Mysterio whipped Dominic at WrestleMania with I his belt? No, I just thought it was hilarious because he threw the he threw this the, the well, there was the sandal. Oh yeah, the, the chancla. The, the chancla got got thrown. Oh yeah, well he took uh, off his belt. Um, that he, part I just thought was funny. Just you know, 
because I think Dominic represents the Gen Z population. Right. And Rey Mysterio is very much the Gen X population. So it was just very gratifying to see someone from Gen Z actually, you know, catch a whooping. Oh, yeah. And then kind of going back, before we go into the next prediction for the next match, I kind of wanted to go back to when he was talking about him wanting to leave early to go to his brother's fight. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is just me being... Old school? Old school. But I think that is crappy thing to do just because if this is what you're doing if you were in the world of professional wrestling yeah. I get you want to support family I get that 100% but all the other wrestlers but are all the other wrestlers the are going to exactly yeah. they're, they're going to stay and watch the matches because there's going to be some blockbuster matches on this card maybe well, maybe one or two there is a a precedent for for wrestlers leaving a, you know, leaving an event early because they have something that the company wants them to be at, or there's, you know, there's something they need to be at for business reasons. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't really know the entirety of the situation, but once again, they brought Logan Paul in because of the clicks that he gets. So, you know, him being at SummerSlam, no matter what is going to get, the attention and then oh, yeah, it's if, gonna get, if he's at his brother's fight and he's he's talking about being at SummerSlam, that gets even more attention because then you're getting the attention of the people who aren't watching SummerSlam, but they hear about Logan Paul and they hear about him being on WWE products and that might bring some of the viewers from that event over to the next event. So, oh, I agree, but it, as far as like the camaraderie within oh, the locker room... It does nothing but no, hurt it, him. I, I mean, but at the same time, he's a different monster. He's not. He is not a. He's not a full time wrestler, right? You know, he's not. He's not even. You know. Yeah, it's it's really hard to compare him to anybody. I mean, other than maybe like Bad Bunny, how they have Bad Bunny right now, where it's like he loves professional wrestling. He has clearly done the work to be presentable, but he's not. He's not a full timer. He's not even a part timer. He's right. a special attraction. Well, I mean, the, the and the locker is, room, his, the his... locker room is very different than it was twenty years ago, where you know when somebody got too big for their britches too quick, um, they'd get the ever living poop beat out of them in right. the ring by somebody who wanted to make a point. Right. But yeah, that, that's just my two cents. On yeah. That no, I, I totally yeah. get where you're at. I just i I don't really see. The, I don't. I just. I don't think the the. Yeah, I don't think the mentality is the same as it used to be back in the day. I no, think it's the, totally different. Which and plus, we're in a different time right now than back then in professional wrestling. Yeah, he's just too much of a. Like he's just too much of a draw. I mean, between Bad Bunny and Logan Paul, their their effect on the products, clicks, views, viral videos, social media presence. I mean, they're very good for business. Oh yeah, absolutely. Then we get into Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. See, with this one, I'm going Shayna all the way just because I think this is Ronda's last two rounds. I think you have to go Shayna. At this point, I think they realize the Ronda Rousey and WWE experiment's just not there. Um, And, you know, Shayna is more over with the crowd. She's the better worker. She's the better talker. Right. So, uh, this is, yeah, this is where you launch Shayna. And uh, like like we've talked about before, um, launch Shayna right here, and you have an actual believable 
credible contender for Rhea Ripley the next day. Exactly. And I would hope that they would move her to Monday Night Raw after this, just simply because I mean, with her and Ronda as tag team champions and them being able to fluctuate, which right now... Aren't they, already I, I, on, aren't they already on Monday Night Raw? See, that's the thing. With this whole draft, it makes absolutely no sense because you've got people that show up on Monday Night Raw, people that show up on SmackDown, well, people that are going they, to NXT. I think it, they were kind of one of those intermediaries because they were the women's tag team champions at the time of the draft. Right. So they had the ability to be on both shows because the titles are defended on both shows. But, I mean, you know, they had the last, the last pay-per-view where the issues between them started. She comes out. Is on Raw that they, she comes out and gives that great promo, right? Um, so I, I feel like I feel like they are Raw already. Um, they've just yeah they've kind of been on both shows, but they've predominantly been on on Raw. So I feel like they are a fit, like Raw superstars, and that when this I said when this rivalry is over, not that I necessarily think that it's going to be over in one match. I think there's enough built-up animosity where they have the ability to do more than one match and really right. get you know to somewhere something really big, you know, and not just a single, you know, regular shoot wrestling match, but you know, get them into get them into a submission I quit match or something like that. But see, I think what they're going to do with this, and I don't know if it's been broadcast or uh, put out there. I feel like this is going to be WWE's take on trying to do them in an MMA style match. Eh, that's but never been think, good. Yeah, but it, that's never been done. It's never very been well. done well. The best thing to do with MMA style shoot fighters that have, um, you know, I will say they did. Okay, so the Lions Den match, um, which was originally brought, uh, it was done in I want to say ninety. I think it was in ninety eight, and in ninety eight, uh, Owen and Ken Shamrock started doing the Lions, like they had the Lions in match. Right. And like Dan Severn was a special guest referee and stuff like that. Right. And it was like the the WWF doing a a shoot style wrestling, like more MMA style because of bringing Ken Shamrock in and having Dan Severn there. And, you know, they were playing to the actual real good wrestling ability of, of Owen Hart. Right. And it just... I think it was too early for its time. Yeah. Now then, you know, fast forward to a couple of years ago when you had, um, I'll say Matt Riddle versus Timothy Thatcher. Yes. In the Lions Den and NXT. And that was fantastic. Oh yeah. It was a great so, match. I mean, you could definitely do like a, a Lions Den type of match between Shayna and Ronda. And I think that would probably be the best of both worlds. But ultimately I think when you've got submission specialists, you know, instead of trying to do an MMA, half MMA, half professional wrestling, where like maybe both, something as a submission match, just do something just simply an I quit match. Uh, you know, you can call it a submission match, but at the end of the day, I think the the last time a you know quote unquote submission match was done really really well was Hart Austin WrestleMania 13. Oh yeah, um, easily. And ever since then, you know, the the I quit match. You know, two years later. Where you had Rock and Mankind was the first official I Quit match. Right. Um, I think that's just a lot easier. It's it's less complicated um, for the fan. It's much easier, and it's you know for for them, you know they can be submission specialists, but they can also that also gives them the realm of no holds barred and and just being able to brutalize each other and have that sports entertainment aspect of the match. Right. Then we go. So wait, did we give our predictions, or did we both say? We Baszler? both said Rousey. Okay, all right. I couldn't remember if we said uh, Rousey. Oh wait, 
Wait, you said Rousey or Baszler? I mean, Baszler. Yeah, I was about to say Baszler. Good Lord. Getting old sucks, guys. I know. Uh, I need to start 30s. taking that alpha brain that uh, <laughs> that Joe Rogan is hawking on his podcast. Alpha brain. They're not an official sponsor. We're not an official like, sponsor, know. so we gave them a really half-butt endorsement just now. But if you were a sponsor, we'd give you everything we got. Absolutely. And more. <laughs> anyway. They don't call me we, the 60-second man for nothing. We, <laughs> anyway. We get into the next match. Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. With all with the build up to this match, with b- both of them being tied at one victory apiece, I'm giving this one to Cody Rhodes because I think this is them closing out the chapter bet- which, uh, between Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes. Absolutely, this is going to Cody. This is this is Brock doing the the favors to to propel Cody into that next realm. So that, you know, he can finish the story. Right. Um, whether or not they do that with him or not, at the end of the day, I think this is, I think Brock, you know, Brock gets to choose who he puts over, and I think he wants to put Cody over here. So Absolutely. Um, yeah, look for look for Brock to, to, to lose to this one. And then the question at that point, Jen, is who comes out to challenge Cody right after that? Or do we, you know, I don't, I don't know how that's going to work. I'd love to see, I guess I'd love to see Randy Orton come out. That would be a good one, but I, I don't know where Orton is at right now. Just with Hulk. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know either. Like I said, I'm fan, the fantasy booking that one. There's no, there's no realism. I'm not holding an ace in the back of my hands, knowing something that anybody else right. doesn't know. And then of course just, people are rumoring that Wyatt's going to come back and do that. I think that's, that's a terrible. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, we've expressed that's a terrible idea, just because. Either way, it's bad for both of them. It's bad for both of them. It does nothing for anybody because at the end of the day, after beating Brock Lesnar, beating Bray Wyatt means nothing. Right. And then if you're Bray Wyatt coming back and losing yet again, at the you know Bray's pretty much just a glorified jobber at this point. That, exactly. That's not going to help his. Because I mean, anytime that he's gotten his character back, whether it's Uncle Howdy or the Fiend or whichever, they've all been watered down to losing, and it's just then after that. I they love, go nowhere. I love the Fiend. Yeah, the, I did too. The, the, the worst, only thing I didn't like was that the squash match at WrestleMania between him and Goldberg. Yeah, yeah, where they pretty much destroyed all bit of credibility that the Fiend had. Right, and lost themselves a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, the worst match was whenever it was him and Seth Rollins in a uh, Hell in a Cell match. Uh huh. And he got and Seth got disqualified. I remember watching uh, X Pac reacting to it with a bunch you of other wrestlers. Disqualifications like, don't can, exist in a Hell in a it's Cell. It's like, how do you get disqualified in a Hell in a Cell match? Yeah. Like, because it's no disqualifications. Well, I, I guess they've never necessarily said no disqualifications, but let's see. The first Hell in a Cell match, Shawn Michaels and, rest, and, and The Undertaker wrestle outside, go through tables, there's chairs involved, there's a lot of bleeding, Kane comes in, at, at, at choke slams and tombstones The Undertaker, and Sean wins. No disqualification there. And then let's see. Uh, Mankind flies off the cage through a table, goes through the cage, loses a tooth. There's chairs. There's, there's thumbtacks. thumbtacks. Uh, yeah. Everything. There's, I mean, no disqualification there. No disqualification there. And then every other every Hell other, in a Cell match after that, no disqualification. No disqualification. Yeah, no. Uh, whoever, whoever booked that match hopefully got fired yeah. immediately after that because that was absolutely stupid. Um, but everything they do with Bray Wyatt is absolutely stupid. It is. Um, but it's it's disappointing because they they've had multiple characters who are authentically over 
with the fan base that could be your next Undertaker level character. Yeah. And they've screwed it over. Whether it was Bray Wyatt, uh, uh, Alistair Black, or Karrion Cross. See, and I think the thing with that is they're trying too hard to recreate a Undertaker-like character, but you can't. You have to try and work with what their character is synonymous with and try and build upon that. To try and recreate them as another Undertaker, It's there will never be another Undertaker. There will never be another Mark Callis There's never or Mark, Mark Calloway. There's never going to be another Undertaker. But at the same time, there absolutely can be another ominous monster heel. Oh yeah, that can be used at any point to elevate other wrestlers. But you first have to establish credibility, right? And so you know, in NXT, take Karrion Cross for example. In NXT. Carrying Cross, fully credible. Yeah. When he debuted on WWE, they took all credibility away day one. And so then people ask now, why is Carrying Cross not as over as he was when he was Killer Cross, you know, outside of WWE? Why is he not as over as he was on NXT? Well, because he has no credibility. Right. And people sit there and go, oh, wins and losses don't matter. They absolutely uh, yes, matter. Yes, they do. 100%. When you're trying to create a credible monster heel yeah you know a a swarmy a swarmy jerky cheating heel no wins and losses don't matter right but a monster heel the undertaker the undertaker didn't lose for like the first year of, of his wwf run and when he did lose there was cheating involved right he didn't lose clean he lost and by the way he lost to like andre the giant yes so he didn't lose any credibility when you you know when you lose to somebody who's also extremely credible. So take Carrion, take Bray, you know Alistair's now Malachi Black over in AEW, and they're finally using him correctly. But you know they have two yeah they have two wrestlers right now who if they would take the time to book them credibly and build them up as terrifying, devastating soulless, remorseless killers. They can do a great job. You know, they don't have to touch a championship. Right. They just have to brutalize whoever they come in contact with. And then, say, once they get to the point where, you know, eight-year-old and younger kids actually get scared when they come out to the ring, then you can let them lose a match or two. Right. But not constantly like they did with Bray and Carrion. Exactly. So, no, I don't want to see that. But, yeah, at the end of the day, getting back to where we started from, Cody Rhodes goes over. Yeah. Brock, you know, Brock's doing the favors. And, we, you know, I say, we probably won't see Brock. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It might be a while before we see him, but I think we'll see him resurface either at the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. Oh, we'll definitely see him resurface before Mania because I I don't think he's going to miss that. But I think this will be, you know... At least a three, four, maybe even five month break, you know. Right. So. But then we get into the Intercontinental Championship match between Gunther and Drew McIntyre. Oh, uh, this one this is probably the hardest one to predict. Same, because they could win either way. No matter if you keep the title on Gunther or if you put it on McIntyre, because Gunther is close to breaking the longest reigning Intercontinental Championship yep. reign of all time with the Honky Tonk Man. 
So is he that? I, th- I mean, I know that he was. That there's, he had, there's still someone in between. I, I knew that he had is. just broken Savage's uh, record, right? With but the Honky Tonk Man, that's like. Are we sure about that? Because I, I don't know. I have to, we have to go back. I, and I have to go back and look. But I feel like the Honky Tonk Man was almost two years. It was, it was at least 450 days. I yeah, think. the Honky Tonk Man's was a really long reign. And then it's it sucked the way he lost because he ends up losing in a squash match to the Ultimate Warrior. Right. And it, it makes the the entire time that he had it seem useless. Right. But um, I feel like that was a really long reign. But you know maybe I just might be remembering it differently. But yeah, I mean Gun- Gun- Gunter's been the Intercontinental Champion for a while, so it's like you look at that and say, okay, he's had the title for a while. Um, maybe they give it to Drew so that they can possibly put Gunter against. Seth, which would be a you know, great put match. Gunter into that world title conversation. Now, I mean, that's kind of what the Intercontinental title used to do. It was the the Workman's title, and you'd carry that one, and then when you lost that one, you'd go on to the the world title scene. Right. Um, and you know, say with 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 Triple H having a more of a of an input, he's very much an Intercontinental Workmanship title guy. He he was the Intercontinental champion and went from the Intercontinental title to the world, you know, the world scene. So, um, I have a hard time, but it's like gun to my head. I actually think Gunter wins this match. See, and I'm going to go opposite with you. I think this is where we see Drew McIntyre take the title off of Gunter. Okay. Just simply because. Yeah. And honestly, you, if, I'm, I'm not going to fight you on right, it. Just because simply if Drew loses, then where does he go from there? Is that, is that his chance to finally go after Seth and then have a match after this? Or depending on if he loses to Finn Balor, but I feel like this is Drew's comeback back into the title picture with the Intercontinental Championship. I see yeah. this being Drew's night. Yeah. And I think that is very, like I say, right now we're talking 49-51 in my percentages here. Cause, right. Like, I'm just, I, there's a part of me that absolutely thinks you're right and thinks, you know, Drew needs to win this. He hasn't had a title in a while. Um, they haven't done anything since with him since WrestleMania. They re, they renegotiated his contract, you know, just recently, and so you know, but so he's got you know he's back onto a you know what three or five year term contract with the company. It would be good to to put the rocket on him and give him some credibility. I I fully agree. I don't know. I don't know why I think Gunter's going to win this. I just honestly, I don't see... The, I, I feel like at this point, they kind of are, are digging this whole long intercontinental reign thing. Right. See, and that's what I struggle with as well. Is like, are they going to continue to keep the title on him and let him surpass the Honky Tonk Man? Or are they going to let him just become like the second longest yeah. reigning intercontinental? And I, just, I think that I think they're they're kind of digging this. You know, like they did it with Roman, and I think maybe they're doing it with Gunter here where they're just... They're they're trying to have the modern era these modern era wrestlers overtake these you know predominantly golden age era eighties rock and wrestling era right. wrestlers you know you you know you look at the the it was the Usos many many years ago who overtook Demolitions yeah uh, tag team reign and then. Um, you know, Romans Romans overcome at this point. Um, was it Pedro Morales? Right. Uh, I don't think he's surpassed Hulk Hogan yet, or maybe, or maybe no, he, he hasn't surpassed Hulk Hogan yeah. yet. I will go on record and say that he won't pass Bruno San Martino. 
No, there's, there's no way. Well, in in the modern era, there's no way. I mean, let's say Bruno Bruno San Martino held the title for darn near ten years, right? And but we're also talking a time too, where say Bruno San Martino probably didn't have as many matches in ten years as Roman has in three, right? So, um, you know, I no he that that I don't think that title record's ever going to be broken no. just for the pure fact that having any champion be champion for a decade, people at this point don't have long enough attention spans. Exactly. They wouldn't care after a while. Well, you say that, but then, I mean, you look at the last three years, Roman's had the title for the past three years, over a thousand days, and people have still been drawn in. But I see what you're getting at, because, I mean, in the modern era, people don't have that much of an attention span to be even captivated by that nowadays. But that's just for... The bandwagon wrestling fans. Yeah. As for us that are like determined wrestling fans, we've been like, what's the right word I'm trying to look for? We've been buried in this story. Engulfed? Engulfed. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Engulfed. We've been engulfed in this from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And so for the hardcore, like dedicated wrestling fans, this is like something that we've been sinking our teeth into and we've enjoyed for the past three years. But the only sad thing is, it's probably going to come to an end at some point. Well, I was like, I definitely think Roman's reign, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, like the pun there, is uh, is going to come to an end in this upcoming WrestleMania. Um, Agreed. Which I guess go ahead and gives that that gives that uh, that gives my yeah that'll give our prediction. That here gives my bit. prediction to the to the last to not to the last or the. What I what I believe is the main event main event match. There's some people saying that they're having a discussion about what's the main event match, Cody and Brock or Jay and Roman. I'm like, it's 100% Jay and Roman. Right. Well, they're probably gonna say it's a two main event. Night. They can call it that all day but long, the but at the end of the day, the last heard. match that goes on is the last match that goes on. I take the CM Punk uh, adage on this one. Exactly. Don't tell me I'm I'm one of the main events. You're either like, the there's main only event, one main event, or you're not. Yeah. There's only one main event. Yeah, and the main event is Jay versus Roman, right. and Roman's going over. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, we don't have to go into all that. Roman's going to win this 100. Yeah. percent I feel like, and I'm probably we're probably going to get into this too much, but. I feel like with how the storyline is going, because they've pitted it to where Jay has nobody because Jimmy's apparently in the hospital, but I feel like Jimmy is going to make his presence known during this match and I take think- out Solo. But I also think that this is where we see the formation of a new bloodline. Well, I also have a theory, and the fact that Kevin Owens is hurt, and whether or not Sammy and Kevin can do anything during SummerSlam. I mean, they don't have a match currently. Right. They're the world tag team champions. Sammy is one of the most over wrestlers they have. And Sammy very much was involved in the bloodline. I think this is a fantastic opportunity for Jay to seem like he has no one and for Sammy to come out. You know, not it's not going to make any difference in the overall outcome. But I I do see Sami Zayn being involved in the match and and coming to Jay Uso's aid and that being you know the I guess what do you want to call it you know the fulfillment of his debt to Jay or just the you know everything coming around and you know like the kind of like the fulfillment of of Jay's full you know, face turn, right. you know, so 
Um, that's that's what I see happening. Um, I don't necessarily think that we're not going to see Jimmy, um, but I definitely think it would be a lost opportunity if we don't see Sammy at some point in that match I can coming see that to Jay's happening. aid. Yeah, I can see that happening, but I, I just still feel like uh, Jimmy is going to make his presence known at some point just to take Solo out of the equation. But yeah, but we both agree that Roman's going to win this no matter no, what. You know, and 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 I don't think it's going to happen. But once again, the the mark in me just wants so badly for the bell to ring, ding ding ding, and the you know the ominous Roman Reigns music to come on, and then to be interrupted by if you smell what the Rock oh, is cooking. Oh, that would be I mean glorious. You know the like you know, they sit there and talk about the elders like just and that's that's the only thing that gives me any idea that they would do anything like that is they sit there and they talk about oh the elders decided this and you know this 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 tribal combat and blah 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 right you know at the end of the day it's like mm, there's somebody who sits higher on the at the higher than the head of the table exactly in the bloodline currently if you want to talk about like who makes that family the most money exactly. <laughs> Then we get into the women's championship match between Asuka, Bianca Belair, and Charlotte Flair. Now, I've kind of gone over a bunch of different scenarios on how this could happen in my mind, but ultimately, I see Asuka pulling out the win in this. I don't see Belair or Flair taking the title off of her, because I think their rivalry between Belair and Flair will carry over into the next pay-per-view. Agreed. No, I, I agree, too. I think Asuka retains here. Um... But the only thing that I have to add in this, I think that we see something else in this match where at the end, EO Sky cashes in Money in the Bank. That'd be great. That'd be a great I time to like do it. I feel like this would be the time after the triple threat match is over. Or and it's a successful cash-in? I think it's going to be a successful cash-in. Okay. But then, I, but then I also feel like she could also insert herself during the match and make it a fatal four-way. But at the end, I feel like she. I think with, if she with I, Bailey's uh, influence by her side, I feel like she'll make an appearance after the match is over. I feel like if she cashes in before and it becomes a fatal four way, she's it's going to be an unsuccessful cash in. Right. But if she comes in after they have a melee, you know, triple threat, Oscar wins by the skin of her teeth. Um, EO cashes in. Absolutely, I think EO wins. And then you have a great uh, rivalry. You have EO and Asuka built for the very next pay-per-view. Which would be a great uh, match. So, you know, booking-wise, you know, psychology-wise, that's I'm, I'm all into that. I believe that 100%. So, uh, yeah, I'll agree with you on that one. All righty. And then finally, the last match, which is not going to be the main event, but it's Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. This one... I'm still kind of on the fence about, but like you said before, if I had a gun to my head, I think Seth Rollins pulls out a victory on this one. But I feel like Damian Priest is going to make his presence known as well. I don't know if we'll have two cash-ins on the same night. That's that's what I do not want. Right. Um, And I definitely think there's a possibility that that happens. But the Finn Balor fan in me... Uh, you know, I've, I've gone on this record multiple times in previous episodes. Finn needs this win. Um, you know, Seth's Seth's been a good champion. It's it's been great, but he's got some things that he's about to go do. So he's not going to be a full time 
champion, and as they said, that whoever's going to be this champion is going to be a full time champion because right. Roman isn't. Seth needs this win. Seth Seth lost the, the the universal title without ever being pinned. You mean Finn? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, golly, <laughs> Finn Finn loses the the universal title without ever being pinned because of an injury. You know they they don't give us this rivalry right when he gets back. And to say seven years later, and you know Seth wins the first match. Finn needs to win this match. He needs to win this match. He needs to win the title. You know, give Seth a little bit of a break. Let him go do his thing. Have him come back later and then have a rubber match. And, you know, if you want, put the set, put the title back on Seth later on in the year. But right now, Finn needs the title. And the Judgment Day doesn't need to be dissolved. Because, I say, at the end of the day, if, if Finn loses... And Seth wins, and then Damien comes out and takes the title. No, that's not necessarily Damien betraying Finn. But you know at that moment that if Damien beats Seth and becomes the world champion, Finn is going to not be happy about it. It's going to be the dissolution of the Judgment Day. You might have a Finn versus Damian match. He might beat Damian, but he doesn't need to beat Damian for the title. He needs to beat Seth for the title. See, and That's what I how just you thought get of, your payback. And what I just thought of actually may change my mind as to who my prediction is going to be. Because I just thought of this. If Finn wins, you know the Judgment Day is going to come out and celebrate. Mm-hmm. Do we see Damian Priest turning on Finn and cashing in on him? After the match, he absolutely so that, he absolutely could, and I say that would be that would still be better than Finn losing to Seth and Damian beating Seth for the title. Right. For the title. See, that kind of makes me ch- want to change my prediction on this. So I might go. Okay. With Finn. I might go with Finn on this one. Yeah, I, I still hate just that. Because, <laughs> just because you know this is Finn redeeming the previous uh, title run where he had the universal title for not even twenty four hours, but yeah. then he had to give it up. I feel like this is going to be another go at that with Damian and Finn going one on one because it's very it's, a, it's very possible it's it's definitely crossed my mind but I I really hope that's not the way they go uh, I just feel like the Judgment Day still has so much more that it can achieve and has so much steam you know if you get to the point where Damian's got the money in the bank. Case, Finn's got the title, Rhea's got the title, and right now, I mean, Dom's, when is, when is the, uh, uh, Great American Bash? Yeah. It was this past Saturday. Did Dom win or he, lose? He won. He retained? Yeah, okay. he retained. Uh, that's the one thing I didn't watch this, because I still really just don't watch NXT anymore. Well, actually, but there was a few things on, uh, Great American Bash that were actually surprising. Oh, yeah? But... The biggest thing was well, we can talk about it after this, but yeah, I think both of our predictions on that match with Seth Rollins and Finn Balor, I think we're, gonna, we're both going with Finn Balor. Yeah, but that's our predictions for SummerSlam. But I kind of wanted to touch on Great American Bash a little bit as well because I didn't watch the matches, but I caught some highlights of it. Um, the match between Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov was a really good match. Okay. Now, I do see Ilya Dragunov making. A shift over to the main roster at some point. You think so? I don't. Think, I, feel, I don't think NXT can afford to lose him. Well, right see, here's now. the thing: if they move him to the main roster, you have to put him on the same one 
with Gunter and McIntyre. Or you could put him in with Sheamus and the Brawling Brutes against them. But <laughs> the only thing is, like, I think that he would do great in those hard-hitting matches where you have Gunther and McIntyre. Because could you imagine him and McIntyre for the IC title? Oh, that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm all for it. My my only issue with it is that um, the NXT roster as is is currently completely depleted. Um, and the, with WWE really slowing down their talent acquisition, you know, like they've made a public statement of that they're not going after talent like they've done in the past. Like they're either looking to hire people who are 100% over as is or people that they're going to, you know, bring in from the collegiate athletes, grow up and teach them the business the way they want them to learn how to do it, and then have them work through the NXT system. Speaking Um, of collegiate athletes, the match between Baron Corbin and Gable Stevenson, the Olympic medalist, surprisingly, Stevenson got a lot of boos mm -hmm. from the crowd because there were chants from the fans saying, you're not Angle or chanting for Baron Corbin. Honestly, I don't think that that's... If it for guys like maybe maybe you might have been surprised, but like <clears throat> for guys like Shawn Michaels who are very smart to the business, I don't think that's surprising at all. Because Vince McMahon is the one who told Kurt Angle day one they're going to boo you, and Kurt looked at him and said, "I'm an Olympic hero. This is Philadelphia. This is my hometown. They're going to love me." And he says, "They're going to boo you. They're going to hate you," and he was 100% right. Um, I don't know what it is about the fans, but the the fans have never been friendly to collegiate, Olympic, you know, legitimate shoot wrestlers. I don't um, know why that is. I don't know, but say, I mean, think about think about anybody who's come in um, and the, they've never necessarily, they've never been all bought in. Right. You know? Um, I just want, that's just crazy to me though. But I mean, I, I guess there's some underlying issue with it, but I just, I'm not really sure what it is. I think the fans just think that uh, the the shoot wrestlers like that um, are like a a threat to the you know what, like to pre- like pres- preserving kayfabe. Do you think or not necessarily pre- pres- preserving kayfabe, but just kind of like those guys are of the ilk, you know. How many how many professional wrestling fans, you and me included, have ever been? You know, how many times are you told wrestling's fake? Wrestling, oh, all the time. All the time. Wrestling's fake. That's so stupid because it's fake. It's fake. It's stupid. And then they're like, "This is real wrestling. Shoot wrestling. This is real wrestling." Right. You know, like why don't you watch real wrestling? So every every fan who's ever been told that you know something that they love is fake. And it's like, yeah, it's fake. So is everything that happens in Hollywood, by the way. Exactly. You know, I don't, I don't want to tell you this, but uh, Tony Stark is not real. And the Iron Man, you know, yeah. he's not, you know, if, you know, any... There's not a galaxy far, far away that has Harrison Ford and Chewbacca in it. Yeah, and like, you know, if Batman actually hit people the way that he really hit people, that he wouldn't be the guy who doesn't kill. He'd kill everybody. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think fans just... Anybody who is a shoot amateur wrestler... Fans just from I think fans just they, they, they just think about everybody who's ever told them that that's real wrestling, and so whenever they see somebody like that, they're not part of the circle. Yeah, I can see that. But yeah, I mean, Kurt Angle got said Kurt Angle got booed. 
Uh, I mean, Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar was nothing to anybody. I mean, he was, you know, he was over because of Paul Heyman and because of his size. Right. But as I say, nobody was bought into Brock Lesnar when he first started. No one was cheering Brock from day one. And as I say, same with anybody else who's come from that, you know, authentic background, uh, even MMA style fighters. Like, I think the only MMA fighter that, that's ever come in that's been immediately over with the crowd was Ronda. And then as I say, give it a, give it a couple months. Yeah. They soured on her real quick. So exactly. uh, Gable Stevenson, I think, you know, he just like just like Kurt had to learn that the business ain't just headlocks and, and suplexes. And, and suplexes. Gable's gonna have to, you know, he's gonna he's gonna have to figure out a, out a way to actually connect with the crowd. Right. Uh, what I've heard from, you know, so I haven't I didn't watch it either, but I, I definitely read it, yeah, it was very obvious that there the crowd is not bought in on him. You know, the 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 program is going to shove him down our throats, and they've already decided he's going to be forced down my throat. I don't like him. Exactly. All right, ready to get into some reviews, John? Let's do it. All right, Let's do it to it, Lars. So this week, I gave the win to AEW solely based on Collision this win or this past oh, Saturday. Collision was absolutely amazing. Collision was freaking amazing. The match between MJF and Adam Cole and FTR. Was a five star match all the way around. Even the CM Punk segment, I gave it like a great review. The only one that just didn't really sit well or just didn't really do much for me was the whole squash match with Samoa Joe and Gravity because we knew it was useless. It was a time yeah, filler, absolutely. Um, but the latter match was at, was outstanding. Oh yeah, that one I was mean, great. You know, from the jump, you know, starting out any regular TV segment with a ladder match, and to say between you know Buddy Murphy or Buddy Matthews and. Uh, and El Idolo, I mean, uh, may I also comment, uh, I don't think we talked about this last week. You know, we were very busy into other things. Uh, we definitely talked about, a couple weeks ago, the Kevin Kelly doing very poorly. And obviously, yeah. we're, we're not the only ones who, thought, who think that because for the last two weeks now, it's been Nigel McGinnis. And I don't know his name. I haven't yet committed it to memory. Yeah, me um, We'll still see. He's... He's a little better than Kevin. Yeah, a, but a he's, little bit better. He's still not great. He reminds me of the guy on WWE um, that uh, that sits with Corey Graves, the Irish guy. That I also um, I can't, I, once again, his name's not important because he's not that memorable. Right. Um, they're just they exist. They're they're not. I think they try too often to try and put a Michael Cole esque. Uh-huh. person next to someone who is a wrestling personality but the see michael cole is michael cole like he well, has done and michael cole didn't start off as an announcer michael cole started as a as a back as a backstage segment guy you know go back to to 97 and remember when michael cole was getting roughed around by by dx and by the rock and by everybody right you know michael cole didn't sit behind an announce desk until whew, you know what, 2001, 2000, yeah, 2001 SmackDown, you know, um, you know, I think he did some fill-in work when JR would get sick, but at the end of the day, like I say, Michael Cole kind of earned his reputation with the WWE universe before he was put behind a table. Right. Um, you know, and, you know, you look at the, I mean, they have an outstanding announced desk for Dynamite. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
Taz, who I think is probably one of the, I'd actually put him in the top five, you know, best announcers, period. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, Shivani, who's also in that top five. And then Excalibur's fantastic. Yes, he does a great job of just, like, letting everything flow and keeping the thing, like, keeping the ball rolling. Yeah. But, like, Nigel's, fanta- Nigel's fantastic. Uh, he's doing a great job. I mean, I'm going to say I'm slowly warming up to this new guy. But, like I said, I don't commit my, I don't. My, my dissolving brain as I'm getting older only has so much memory that I can commit and he's just not in my waste brain cells category yet. Right. So uh, it is better though. And he can at least pronounce people's names correctly. Yeah, I'll give him that, that he's able to pronounce their names correctly. But, so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, Collision, Collision was just fantastic. I mean, you go from... You know, what they did, you know, like last week was, you know, a little down from the week before where they had a fan, you know, the fantastic, you know, two out of three falls match with FTR right. and the bang, you know, the bang, bang gang. But, um, you know, just the, the match they had with Cole and MJF and FTR, I wouldn't say five stars. I'd give this one four stars. The really? story's fantastic. The wrestling was great. Um, the ending was a little bit choppy to me. Um, I just like I felt like it was a little abrupt, almost like uh, they were rushed for time. Um, I, I can see that, but uh, no, it was it was a great match. And then I say the story, you know, the the they're they're continuing to tell the story. Uh, you know, we all kind of had that. Okay, if they lose, who's going to turn on who? And nobody turns on anybody, so we continue. And I don't think anybody's upset with that. Right. Uh, this is a great storyline. I've heard some people that have even said they think Adam Cole is going to turn on MJF and that MJF's going to be the face and Cole's going to be the heel. And I said, that's the stupidest thing you've ever, anybody's ever said to me. Exactly. Um, MJF is, is a heel. He's, he's just a natural yeah. heel. Um, there's going to be a day and time where you can turn MJF face, but that shouldn't be for many, many years. Exactly. Um, so uh, yeah, no, it was it was that was fantastic, and, and once again, WWE is still like it's consistently mid. Yeah, that's, uh, that's nothing's the thing. bad, but nothing is great. This the the bloodline, uh, you know, they're building up to SummerSlam, so the bloodline stories, you know, nothing is tremendous. It's is a, but for the most part, I'm watching SmackDown to get to the last you know, to get to the bloodline segments. Um, and truthfully with raw, not, there's no bad wrestling. There's nothing, you know, say there's, there's a little bit of storyline here and there, you know, the stuff that with the judgment day, you know, you know, any kind of segments that like, but I just, um, I don't know. I just, um, the Tommaso Ciampa thing with Shinsuke, like that could work into being something really cool because they're both fantastic workers. Right. Just get Fatty McGee out. Bronson Reed. Because if I have to see a nip slip from him one more time, <laughs> like. It's well, almost every match. How is it that, yeah, how is it that you buy a unitard that literally covers your chest, but by like the two minute mark, you have nipples out the entire time? Like, I guess you just need to expand the straps a little bit more. He Bronson Reed is not entertaining to watch. No. Like, I, mean, I will say one thing that WWE has been doing better than AEW is showcasing their women's roster. 
because yeah, no, with WWE, one on one. they have built storylines on each show with different uh, women's wrestlers. You got Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus that are in a rivalry right now on Raw. You got Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. And then you've got Asuka, Charlotte Flair, and Bianca Belair. Whereas on Dynamite or Collision, you maybe see, what, one match from the women, and then it becomes like a two-minute well, match? the problem, and I think this is the... I, I Obviously, there are great bookers, and there are great agents on both programs. And, I mean, so you look at what they've been doing with Collision. Whoever's working Collision is... Needs to be doing both shows because I colli- agree. Collision is absolutely by like I think everybody agrees that Collision is a thousand times better than than Dynamite. But even say Dynamite's been getting better, um, so they, they Dynamite and Collision are are doing great with a lot of things. But yeah, I think we can all agree that the women's division is probably the most lackluster thing in the AEW catalog, and I say that. They desperately need another title. They need a either a secondary women's title or what they more importantly need, they need a women's tag team division. They have a lot of women, yeah, but they only have one title. So they only have one thing for the women to fight over. Right. And that means well, that... Well, technically they have two, but even then, both titles are, have not been showcased well, what's very two? much. The, you got the TBS championship and then the AEW Women's Championship. Yeah, okay, so yeah, so you're right. <laughs> okay, I'll say this. But the I mean, TV, even then, they're so both you, not broadcast that much. The only one that's yeah. broadcast that much is the Women's Championship. TBS so, Championship is, hasn't been defended in, what, a month? The TBS Championship is not defended regularly enough, so it's honestly, it's a forgettable title at this point. Because before Chris Statlander had it, Jade Cargill had it, and she defended it maybe once a month or once every two months. And now Chris Statlander is doing the exact same thing. This is not a title that anybody cares about. Right. Um, you know, when you have Orange Cassie going out and defending the, uh, the inter- the what is it? International International Championship. championship Every single Wednesday, that title has started to gain yeah. a, it has some a prestige. prestige. Yeah, uh, the TNT title has almost no prestige whatsoever. Right. You know, Chris, like Christian's holding it, but if it wasn't Christian Cage holding it, it and somebody else held it, it, it doesn't get anybody over. That title means nothing. Right. Um, that's one. Let's say it's something that AEW has. You know, they have to deal with. They're a new company, and their titles are brand new titles. It's not like when WCW took over. You know, when Ted Turner bought out Jim Crockett, and you know, brought you know, when WCW first started, their titles were the NWA titles. And right. to say when TNA started, their titles were the TNA titles. So when they stopped being the NWA titles, they still had a lineage of the NWA. So those titles had prestige. You could say the person who held this title, like this United States heavyweight champion, the United States title, that of course is a WWE title, but you know, when it's a WCW title, you can sit there and say, this title's been held by Harley Race. This title's been held by Sting. This title's been held by Ric Flair. This right. title, like the title has a, you know, a lineage. AEW's titles, their lineage is three years. Right. And, you know, the world title is the world title. And the first person that held it was Jericho. So it immediately has a credibility. You know, the TNT title, um, 
the first person that held it was Rhodes. Right. Um, it it had a credibility, and then it kind of, you know, I think they you know tapered off a little bit. Tapered after off a little Brody bit. Lee lost it. I, yeah, that was an unfortunate situation that that had happened because I think that he was going to carry it for a while and make right. it more prestigious, and then they kind of had to shoot from the hip on that and see what they were doing. But the the women's world title at this point, you know, like you say, you've got. You've got essentially three or four women who are credible, and everybody else has been booked into obsolescence. Right. So, I mean, you say you have Tony, you have Britt, you have Paige, and you have Jamie, and Jamie's out. You'd have Thunder Rosa, but Thunder Rosa's out injured. Right. Um, I, I'd love to see Thunder Rosa come back. Um, and you know, the more, and I'm just going to say this. AEW does a really good job of trying to portray Britt Baker as a really nice, clean-cut, awesome person. I don't know if she is or if she isn't. So, you know, take this what it is. But, you know, I watch those, like, behind-the-scenes thing, and, like, Britt Baker seems like she's really uh, adversarial to Thunder Rosa. Um, And, of course, there are some people who think Thunder Rosa is terrible. But there's there's a lot of other female wrestlers that think she's fantastic. Um but at the end of the day, she's injured because of a spot that, you know, that her and Britt did. You know, she she's she's out there trying to trying to make the, the program. I mean, her and Britt had a fa- had a fantastic series of matches and, you know, looked like they were going to set the women's division on fire. Right. And when Thunder Rosa got hurt, honestly, the women's division's kind of not been the same ever since she's been gone. Right. So I don't really, you know, take that for what you will. Like, I honestly think Britt Baker's fantastic, but I don't really know that she's any more valuable than the Th- than Thunder Rosa was because say when the two of them were working together, it was on fire, but she hasn't really found a counterpart. You know, I think they've kind of tried to do that with Paige, but they just didn't seem to have the same chemistry. Right. Um, they need, Say they they need a tag team division. They need to be able to give a lot because they have a good amount of women's wrestlers. They just own, they have they have this they have the women's world title and they have the TBS title and the TBS title really at this point has no it has no definition to it. It's right. not like I don't sit there and look at the I don't look at the TBS title and think like this is the workhorse title for the women's division. Right. This is just some random title that they give to you to try to get you over. Right. And anybody who knows anything about the business, the title doesn't get the wrestler over. The wrestler gets the title over. Exactly. If you've got to put a title on a wrestler to get them over, there's a problem. Right. So, I mean, like, Chris Statlander could drop the title tomorrow. She'd still be Chris Statlander. Right. Um, I don't know that you put the title on anybody and they become more of a household name. Yeah. So, I'm really only going to say that there's one title. There's the women's world title. Uh, I think the tag titles would actually give Ruby and Paige something to do yeah it would or, uh, or even some of the other ones like whenever uh ty conti comes back from uh delivering her baby yep. her and anna jay will make a great tag team yep. um i'm trying to think of some other ones that would be a good tag penelope, team you, uh, penelope ford penelope ford and, and the, the bunny. bunny yep that's a good tag team right there um you know like i said uh you know willow nightingale and any of any of the other faces that she like you know willow and hikaru shida yeah uh like there's different the, what's ways the, what do they call her the problem marina shafir marina shafir and nyla rose and the dude nyla rose <laughs> um yeah. i mean yeah but 
Yeah, there's a lot of ways that could go with that. But yeah, for all for my reviews on everything, I gave the win to AEW for this week. Yeah, but, yeah. I think it's like AEW really is they're they're doing a better job of ha- of having what you know what you would call can't miss TV. Right. You know, WWE's putting on a good program, but you can probably just get the cliff notes. Yeah, exactly. And wait for the pay per view. Right. Uh, whereas, like I say, AEW's putting on pay per view quality matches. Like I said, that ladder match to begin Collision was fantastic. Absolutely great way to open. Fantastic match. And you can definitely tell they've learned from their mistakes in previous ladder matches. Yes. <laughs> they had the two referees out there spotting yeah. to make sure that the ladders weren't tilting over and falling because they're gimmicks, so they're a little bit lighter. They're not nearly as sturdy. Right. Uh, so that was funny to watch. Uh, but, you know, great great spots between uh, Andrade and, and Buddy Matthews. Uh, I really enjoy how, what they're doing with the House of Black. Yeah, I do um, too. I, I really hope now that Roosh has signed a new contract, I am desperately hoping that we're going to see uh, La Facción de los Gobernables oh, it's gonna happen. versus the House of Black. It's going to happen. I, honestly, I feel like that's going to be a match for All In or All Out. I hope so. That's I what think I'm going to get to. I think it's going to be building on that. But guys, that's our episode for today. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, go to our Facebook page, go to our Instagram. More content's going to be coming your way. And as always, keep the five stars.